Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here we go then. Let's turn to the book of Revelation, first chapter. You ought to know that Revelation is the last book in the Bible. Only going to read three verses. To start with, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John who testifies to everything he saw. That is, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you again for being here with us. We thank each and every one that's joined together as one, the body of Christ, and those listening by radio, internet, wherever you may be. Give us understanding, we pray, that this message that we have prepared as a prelude to delve into the wonderful revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray in Jesus' name, amen? amen. I've titled this message, An Introduction to the Book of Revelation. An Introduction to the Book of Revelation. I've got a number of people that have mentioned that they would like to study through this book, so you've got your wish. I wasn't sure if I'd bite enough more that I could chew, so we'll take one bite at a time. A new series, starting with an introduction in the book of Revelation, otherwise known as the Apocalypse. In the first chapter of Revelation, we read how Jesus appears to the Apostle John in a vision. This is the same John, John the Divine, John the Evangelist, John the Revelator. I love that title, John the Revelator. All the other Disciples, the early inner circle of Christ, were all deceased. Either died of natural causes, we know that um, Judas committed suicide, all the rest have either been murdered or executed for their faith in Jesus. Only John remained. He received the vision 
from Jesus Christ, the revelation of Jesus Christ. He'd been banished, John had, during the reign of the emperor Domitian. He was transported to a remote island called Patmos, a Greek island, situated still there, situated in the Aegean Sea, off the west coast of Turkey. John was exiled there because of his faith in Jesus Christ. God allowed it to happen so he could reveal the book that we're about to study, the Revelation. He was the only one left, like I said before. He was exiled for his faith in Christ, for preaching the gospel, the true gospel of Jesus Christ, proclaiming that there was only one Lord. Only one Lord. Lord of all. Consequently, because he preached there was only one Lord and not Caesar, he became an enemy of the state. And if you become an enemy of the state, you're going to end up in jail, like John did. All those that preach the message of the cross will either make friends or make enemies. The Apostle John was, the, like I said, the only one left from the original 12 disciples of Jesus. We know there was many, many more. John penned the book of Revelation. When he was in his 90s. He was an old man, but he still had all his marbles. And he wrote this just before the turn of the century, the first century. Previously, John had written his gospel, the Gospel of St. John, that we can read in the New Testament. He also wrote three other letters, which we can read in the New Testament. Amen? One, two, and three. And the book of Revelation is John's fifth and final letter. He was told to write down what would be revealed to him by an angel regarding future events that will play out in the end times. The book of Revelation, not Revelations. I've heard somebody say Revelations. The book of Revelations, no. There's only one book. It's called Revelation. Primarily, it's a book of prophecy that explains and confirms prophetic passages written by the prophets, not just the Old Testament, but also the New Testament. Old Testament in particular, including Daniel, Ezekiel, Isaiah, you call it Isaiah, right? And Zechariah. 
foretell future events that will surely be fulfilled. The book also confirms events predicted by Jesus, primarily in chapter 24, Matthew 24 and 25, also revealed to God's New Testament prophet Paul in the New Testament that will surely come to pass, maybe even in our lifetime. Who knows? God. God knows, because God knows everything, amen? Yes, he does. But a lot of things that's going to take place has been revealed in this book. It's been revealed. And we're going to learn so much about it and what it all means, Lord willing. Now, since Jesus uh, died on the cross, that he was buried and he rose again from the dead and he ascended into heaven physically. People since then, just over 2,000 years, have been living in the end times. We are living in the latter days, including us today. Jesus' return is closer than it was 2,000 years ago. Amen. And the way things are going, it's escalating at a tremendous rate. And it will surely come to pass. We need to remember that even, even though John did was the one that wrote down this revelation, this book, we need to remember who the divine author was and still is. Who's that? It says that. Jesus Christ, the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ, not the revelation of John, the apostle. Now, John confirms he's just a recorder of those visions that he saw and what he heard. He was told to write down things that only God could possibly know because only God knows the future. Amen? But not only God knows the future, we now can know the future because it's revealed in the book of Revelation. It's going to take place. It's going to happen. It's a book of prophecy yet to be fulfilled. John is described as a servant of the Lord. He was a chosen vessel to record God's word because John was a prophet. John was a prophet. All those people that have written letters and books in the Old Testament and the New Testament are God's servants, are God's prophets. He only wrote down events that would come to pass, not just for the benefit of the early church, but also for churches in our day. This book is as relevant today as it was when it was first written. The whole Bible is just as relevant today as it was first written, amen? It's up to date, not just up to date, it's future events that will surely come to pass. Future events. 
that John knew very little or nothing about until Jesus enlightened him by revealing the things that will definitely happen. For example, and this is just in the way of introduction, I'm not going to get into the book of Revelation proper, Lord willing, until next Sunday, okay? Future events that will definitely happen. This is just a few examples. The book of Revelation explains what life will be like on earth before its destruction. The book explains the coming resurrection or rapture. Rapture is just another name for resurrection. It's the same thing. The book explains about the resurrection of the church, the body of Christ. Not happened yet. This book predicts there will be three types of judgments on the earth that will definitely fall in the end times, during the end times. Three different types of judgments that we will be studying, Lord willing. This book predicts the emergence of a very evil, wicked person. The most wicked, evil person this world has ever known before. And that's saying something. And that person is known as the Antichrist. It explains, this book explains who he is, the Antichrist, yet to be revealed. This book predicts the persecution of the people of Israel and their subsequent revival. The people of Israel are God's chosen people, amen? This book explains about the second coming of Jesus Christ along with his saints, all of us. We're going to be coming back with the Lord. It explains all about that and what that means and how it will happen and what will take place. That's going to be amazing. That is going to be absolutely amazing. I, I've ridden on a few horses in my time. And the, I think the last one was in uh, Rosarita or somewhere like that in Mexico. And that thing, we're on the beach trying to ride that, and it was trying to bite me on the leg. And I think it must have been about 50 years old. Totally cantankerous. But when we come back with the Lord, we're going to be riding perfect horses because we're going to be perfect too and he's going to be there at the front see we sang about we are christian soldiers we are christian soldiers we're going to be coming back with the lord anyway i won't get too far into that that's just a preamble of what to expect this book also explains what the millennial kingdom is the millennial kingdom what is all that what is all that about it explains it the book of revelation explains it 
This book explains the eternal destination of those who have been born again, the eternal destination. Those that have been born again. Praise the Lord. But unfortunately, this book also explains the final destination of those who have never been born again. Very serious. It's so much more, so much more. That's just a, a few examples of what's contained in this amazing book, the revelation of Jesus Christ, not John. He was just the instrument that God used. Amen. And all the other prophets, they were instruments that God used. It wasn't their thoughts. It was the Holy Spirit was guiding their hand to write down. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Amen? Amen. Also, this book gives some insight into what Jesus looks like now. Not the defeated person that hung on that cross, but what he looks like now. Amazing. So on and so forth. John the Revelator, he writes how he saw in a vision the risen Lord Jesus, the glorified, resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. And he fell down as though dead. He saw Jesus, powerful and majestic and glorious and wonderful. And we'll see him too, just like that. We'll see him. And people in heaven now, along with Lillian, are praising. And all the saints that have gone before are praising, along with the angels, the King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords, glorified, majestic, not a defeated person that hung on a cross. And he gives praise to the one who deserves it because of who he is and what he's done. The one who showers his love on those that have been redeemed by the shedding of his precious, sinless blood. The apostle gives all the glory. He gives all the praise to the Lamb of God who has washed our sins away. The one who had to die and suffer on that cruel cross at Calvary. John describes believers in Christ as God's servants that have been appointed by him to be a kingdom of priests, to serve him, not only on earth, but also in heaven. Yeah, we just don't like phantoms floating around. No, we've got work to do. And the Lord's going to appoint us to do those things, not only in this life, but also in the next 
God, uh, John encourages the early church that had been suffering for their faith in Christ, which they were. He encourages them to keep on keeping on, to stay pure in the midst of tremendous persecution and opposition and temptations. You, you experience that? You know, we're in a spiritual warfare, you know. We need to be reminded of that when we have these thoughts that come into our minds to tempt us to do what is against God's will. That's a spiritual warfare that's going on there. And we're in it. We're in it. Maybe you don't have that problem. Maybe ask yourself, are you saved? If you don't have that problem? The devil's not going to bother with those that are his. He's only going to attack the ones that are not. Amen? When you become a Christian, that's when a lot of the problems begin. Don't they? You ever experienced that? We will till we die. Till we die. We're in a spiritual warfare. I'll get talk a bit more about that in a minute. He encourages the early church to keep on keeping on. They were suffering for their faith in Christ. Many put to death, imprisoned. Fed to the lions, dipped in tar, lit in the Colosseum as torches, human torches. Yet we don't experience anything, thank God, that they experienced. We don't experience anything like people are now in the third world that are being persecuted for their faith. That they're not even allowed to own a Bible. They're not allowed to meet together. They're not allowed to preach the word of God. They're not allowed to hear the word of God. They're being suppressed. They're being persecuted. They're being put to death. That's happening in our world today. Believers in our, in our day are called to be faithful while we wait for Jesus, his, either his return or to take us home to be with him, which is far better. Amen. Far better, <laughs> way better. In the meantime, like I mentioned, the Bible tells us clearly that we are involved in a spiritual warfare against the world, the flesh, and that old serpent, the devil. The world, this world's not the people in the world. No, they're not our enemies, all right? They're just as deceived as we were before we became Christians. They're not our enemies. Satan is our enemy. This world's wicked lifestyle and anti-Christ humanistic philosophies that go against God's commandments, that, uh, that are opposed to God. That's what the world is referring to it. One of our chief enemies, the world. Also the flesh, meaning our old Adamic sinful nature that loves to sin, 
that loves to sin and that goes against God's commandments. That's going to remain with us until the day we die. And the devil. He's the enemy, God's chief enemy, and yours, and mine. Not only of God, but also the whole of mankind. Relentless in his mission to kill, to destroy, and to enslave. All those that are not born again are Satan's slaves. But we have been redeemed. We have been set free. Our chains fell off when we received Jesus Christ. We're no longer slaves to Satan. We're no longer slaves to sin. We become servants. There's a difference between a slave and a servant. We become servants of the living God. The enemy of our souls, the one who's behind every false cult, and they're too numerous to mention, and every false religion, he's the one that's behind it all. The one who does everything and anything in, the, in his wicked power, along with his co-workers, the evil spirits to oppose God and those who follow God. We are warned in the Peter's first letter, chapter 5, verse 8, to be watchful, to watch. Why? Because your adversary the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking to devour someone. Like a roaring lion. So we are to watch, to be careful. Our adversary, the devil, is prowling around. However, it's great to read and to know that the devil's fate is recorded in the book of Revelation. His time one day will be up. We're going to learn about that. Now to conclude then, you would all agree, I hope, the things that we're going to learn about in the book of Revelation will not only be very interesting, and I can't wait to get cracking on it. But it's also going to be very informative. Amen? Amen? So pray for me as I study this book uh, that the Lord will help me to try to explain and interpret it, interpret it correctly. You may not necessarily agree, that's your choice. But I'm going to interpret it as the Lord teaches me, and he's already taught me. I've been, I've been saved for about 40 years. But to interpret it correctly as it was intended to be understood. Amen? Amen. So may we all be encouraged, enlightened, 
That's what the book of Revelation does. It, it, it reveals, it enlightens, it illumines. And, enlighten, and to be blessed. May we be blessed as we delve in to this wonderful book of the Lord together in the coming weeks. Don't miss one episode. See, and I have no doubts whatsoever because I believe what the Bible says. I have no doubt whatsoever that we will be blessed, that not only you will be blessed, but I will be blessed. Why? Because I believe the promise in the word of God, which tells us in verse 3, and I'll read it again, if you missed it the first time. Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and then take it to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. Like I said, the Lord's return is closer than it was when John wrote this book down. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful again to sit under your word that's been revealed to us. We thank you for this preamble, this introduction to the book of Revelation. And we do ask for your wisdom, your guidance, and reveal the truth to us as you intend it to be revealed. And uh, somebody listening to this message, you need to receive the Lord Jesus Christ if you've never done so already. The Bible is plain and it's clear and it's true that unless, and what Jesus said, who always told the truth, that unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. You want to go to heaven, don't you? Of course you do. But there's only one way. There's only one person you have to go through in order to get there, and that's through Jesus Christ. I and my Father are one. No man comes unto the Father, but by me. You need to receive him if you want to go to heaven. Jesus said if you, no one can see the kingdom of heaven unless you are born again. How can you be born again? Simple faith. Believing that Jesus, who was without sin, that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is God, that he became a man, that he suffered and died on the cross, shed his blood on that cross, took the punishment that you deserve for all the sins, all the things that you've done wrong, all the things that you thought about that are wrong, the intents of your heart which is wrong. Those sins, Jesus took that punishment, those sins on his body. And suffered in your place so you wouldn't have to die and pay the price and the punishment. One day, unless you are born again, you will pay the price for those sins. So it's vitally important 
that you receive Jesus as your Savior. And it's a simple thing. You just need to ask him. Say, Jesus, I, I am sorry for my sins, the sins that I've committed that put you on that cross. And I thank you that you paid the penalty that I don't have to pay. You took that, those sins on your body in my place so that I wouldn't have to die. And I believe that you did that and that you were buried. And I believe in my heart, truly, that you rose again from the dead and you are alive. Come into my life, come into my heart, save me, dear Jesus. And if you prayed that prayer and you really mean it, then follow him. Get into a church that teaches and preaches the word of God and grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Savior. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.